Welcome to Press Play and Surrender. I'm your host, Owen McQuinn, and I'm an Irish filmmaker and actor. This is my chance to speak to artists of all kinds, as well as industry players, from up-and-comers to established talent. It's a space for in-depth conversation, where personal insights and unexpected tangents are very much encouraged. You're listening to Press Play and Surrender. My guest today is Ashley O'Sullivan. Ashling is a veteran actress of the stage and screen. Her credits include The Butcher Boy, Big Maggie, Snap, The Clinic, Raw, and a Broadway production of King Lear. It was a pleasure to sit down and chat with Ashling today and learn about her career and her perspective on the craft. So here is my chat with Ashling O'Sullivan. Hi, Ashling. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you on today. There's so many questions I want to ask, so get ready. Oh, no. Okay. Ah! (laughs) It's not an interrogation. It's just a chat. But, you know, you and I have known each other for quite a few years. And, you know, we've known each other personally. But there are so many things about your career that I've always wanted to ask you. And I think this is a great opportunity to do that. Um, Obviously, I'm a big fan of yours, as you know. Um, but you know, I've caught you on stage and screen from everything from the clinic and raw to the approach and big Maggie and the list goes on, but I think people may have an idea of you as being very stern or authoritative because of those roles that you play. But why do you think that is? And do you enjoy being stern and authoritative? Mm, that's oh wow that's a really interesting question um i um, i guess number one i'm tall so that gives me a kind of um an authority or maybe you know on stage i'm 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 at least the same height usually as the man i'm i'm playing with if not a little bit taller i don't know um that's a very interesting question, Owen. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of these yeah. pauses. That's okay. I can edit. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I don't know yeah. What what's funny is, question. I think that you've played characters that may be intimidating. And what I found with you, knowing you personally, is that you're very funny. You've got a great sense of humor. And people may not realize that about you. Do you wish you had more opportunity to be funny in your performances? Or do you find a way to inject humor? I think you find a way to inject humor anyway. Um, It's an interesting question because it's something that I'm interested in in moving towards now. Um, So I I guess... um, I guess on stage, I would have had more of an opportunity to play a range of types. Um, And on screen, because I was, essentially it was 10 years um, on the clinic and raw, kind of back to back, and they were both kind of bosses um, who hid their feelings as much as they could, that uh, there wasn't much opportunity to be goofy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Well, all of that, the great thing about that is that it's all to be explorers. You know, I think the, I think um, the times have changed, certainly since I was a young actress um, and that women are and have a kaleidoscope now that they're allowed to tap into and um, it's okay. I, you know, you see it, it's okay to um, explore what it is to be a female on screen now. Yeah. There's a whole myriad of characters you can play. I think there is more diversity well, as well today. Yeah, it's kind of more that there's um, that the, the the boundaries of what you're allowed to be are being pushed all the time, you know. And that's there's great um, ex, there's great fr freedom I feel coming in terms of how a woman is represented on screen. So I'm very interested in. Um, being part of that. Yeah. Nice. Um, participating in that, I suppose, and exploring that. Um, I'd like you to take me back, though, to the start. Like, what was your upbringing like? And what was your first interest in acting or theatre, would you say? Um, I guess my, uh, I grew up in a place called Calnafersi in Kerry, County Kerry. And it's it's um, kind of a, a an area between two towns, between Calorglan and Milltown. Um, and uh, it's, it would, would have been pretty, um, not so much isolated, but it, it seemed to me when I was growing up that we were remote from uh, people. So myself and my brother, we grew up in each other's pockets and, you know, we had all of the country around us, nature to, was our playground. Um, and so we, I don't know how we got into it. Maybe somebody gave us a dictaphone once or something, but we started to make, you know, radio plays for each other and the, um, you know, with the soul, uh, objective to make each other laugh so right. we uh, that's i think that's where it all kind of started and then it must have become um i don't know actually i don't know where that sentence was going but yeah um but did you were you ever going to the theater or the cinema when you were growing up or in your teenage years and thinking you know, that's something I'd be interested in doing with my life? Or did that come later? It, I, I remember I went to a school, a country school, that my father was the school principal of. And um, as we got, as I moved into his classroom, I was in fourth class or fifth class, he had this thing that he'd do every... Uh, at the end of every week and it was that we put on we'd be broken up into small groups and we put on plays um, uh, and they'd all have to be centered around um, a, a theme of what we'd learned during the week and um, I remember feeling like 
that my ra little radio plays and all my practice with the radio plays really bore fruit. I felt like, um, well, how can I put it? Uh, I, there's just an image coming into my head, you know, of Superman and there's a piece of, is there a rock or something that if he touches it, it lights up? Yeah. I felt like I was that rock. <laughs> I lit okay. up when we started doing the, the plays in school. Yeah. So something in me. I, and also where I come from in Kerry, there's a huge storytelling tradition right. down there. And my father and my mother were kind of very um, artistic, artistically minded, I guess. Okay. Right. Well, that's interesting. And then when you, I guess we're finishing up school and the choice of what to do for the third level, did you take a year out or did you go straight into drama school? No, I went to the College of Marketing and Design in Dublin. I studied marketing um, in Dublin and I, you know, got involved with the um, Amateur Dramatic Society there. And um, and then I moved to London and I was working there, but I knew that there was a window closing for me if I wanted to pursue this um, thing that made me light up. Uh, so I rang, I rang the Katie School of Acting from London um, and they were doing at the time a nine month course a nine month acting course and I'd heard about it from I don't know who I heard I think from Barry Casson a great actor who's passed away now um I had met him at one of the amateur dramatic competitions and he had um approached me and uh he told me about this uh, school and um so I I hounded them they had no places I was too late for the year and they had no places available. Um, but then I guess I called one, I kept phoning. So they invited me over for um, an interview. Um, and I did the interview and they told me that if somebody dropped out that year, I would get, the, I would be offered the place. And that's what happened. Wow. So it was kind somebody of like luck that you managed to get in. Luck and sort of, um, I would have found a way to get in, I think. I was yeah. so determined. Right. And how did you find training as an actor then? Did you enjoy it? Was it a very intense process or? Um, well, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was it was maybe less than nine months. It was like eight months um, of, of kind of training. And I think the school was I think it was establishing itself at that time. So I'm not sure if there was um, uh, the school had a theme about how it would approach acting, whatever. So it was kind of, exper I felt it was a, an experimental time. So there was a lot of improvisation. There was voice work. It was all new to me. Uh, the idea that there was um, a discipline behind it. Okay, and then if did you do a showcase um, at the end of it, or we did do a showcase? Yeah, called the Quirk Estate by a brilliant writer who's like really brilliant, 
uh, Michael West, you must know Michael. Okay. Um, so he wrote this piece for us and we performed it. Right. And um, did you start to get noticed from that? Did casting directors contact you or agents or was there a period of kind of, you know, trying and pushing to get into the industry? Um, I was, uh, I think, recommended by one of the teachers in the Gaiety School. They put me forward for an audition the Abbey was holding for a play called The Murphy Initiative, and Paul Mercier was going to be directing it. And um, I went to that audition and uh, I got the audition and then I was called to audition for the next show in the Abbey, which was um, The Power of Darkness by John McGarhan. It was a, an adaptation and uh, Gary Hines was directing that and I got that audition and then um, they offered me a, a year's contract in the Abbey so that I um, participated in the shows over the course of the year. Wow. Okay. That's great. That's a, like your first break, I suppose. Um, yeah, I guess it was. It, it definitely started. It started everything. And um, did you know, did you feel at this early stage that you knew what you were doing or were there kind of insecurities to overcome? I guess there's always, you know, insecurities and, um, That's part of the arena of, of the artistic world. But I, I think the focus, if the folk, the primary focus is the work, the insecurities like fall into the background. But that's that's a part like I, I would imagine in even in the great sports people, there are insecurities. There is, you know, a lot of the art is is um mental uh, is a lot of it is mental work as well in terms of knowing where to put your attention and your focus and how to keep it in the right area so right. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question but yeah of yeah. course there were uh, anxieties and insecurities but I, I always managed to focus to keep the main focus on the work yeah um, I think focusing on the actual text and being totally you know, engaged with that probably is a great way to kind of circumnavigate all those insecurities. Um, and then did you, you started to and work to go with And to accept that they are there, to accept that they're part of it too. You're not mad to have those things, but if you can, you know, if you can make the work, the, the major focus and try and, you know, keep your, um, your optimism and around the work, and right. the sacredness of it that 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 will keep everything in its right spot i think and how important is it to have a director like gary hines to help you in that process um do they do they totally you know do they help you with the character and help you to forget those um, insecurities or anxieties um, do they help you? I, I, 
kind of don't want to talk about the insecurities and anxieties too much around the work because sure. that's that's your own private work you have to sure. do so it, it's not really i don't i try not to land those in the work or with the with directors or with people i'm working with uh i have to that has to be mind like you know a great golfer isn't on the golf course talking to the other golfers saying i'm not sure about if my swing is right what you know the game is he focuses on the golf and he takes if when he turns up on the golf course is not the time to be figuring out the other stuff and that's right. kind of the way i would approach it yeah with the work um and so so what was your question oh yeah great oh great director is is everything yeah well it's not everything yeah. but it's fantastic it's like having a flashlight in a dark room yeah yeah that's a great way to describe it and you you actually you know you got into film work then as well maybe in the mid to late 90s and you know, at different points in your career, you've worked with two of the great Irish directors, Neil Jordan and Jim Sheridan. And I was curious, could you compare their directing styles? Well, actually, what I would say this about both directors who are like really incredible and um, what I would say about them is this, is that the, there is a similarity or there was a similarity that I experienced between them. And that was a kind of a, a trusting that they trusted that you were going to bring something and then they they would if they could see what you were bringing they gently suggest or they'd leave you do it but it was a, tr a kind of a trust right they kind of knew who they'd cast and they could kind of trust that um, you you were going to bring that. something not not so much that it, it is what am i trying to say that um they trusted the whole thing the whole world that they had set up they trusted something interesting was going to come from that world that they'd set okay. up, not just the per not just focusing on yeah. the actor. I don't think. the entire thing that they'd set up. It was almost like a curiosity. They watched, yeah, the world they'd set up, right? And they they tweaked when they came in very gently, if necessary. That was okay. my experience. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. And you've also worked with some really great actors as well, like Fiona Shaw or Killian Murphy, Glenda Jackson. Uh, I mean, what do you get from your fellow actors? What do you learn from them? What do I learn from them? Well, I learn, uh, I learn their wavelength um, to try and hear them uh and react to them and listen to them like i do with any uh actor or actress um but uh with those three that you mentioned uh it is a matter of learning what their radio frequency is what their signal is and responding right on the same frequency you have to, to basically i'm sure every project is different you know like 
you need to adapt, I suppose. And that's probably key, is it? You need to adapt. Um, yeah, you need to stay open and you need to um, refine always how you listen and you need to refine how you're coming at the work. Yeah, you're, it's a constant, uh, you, you, well, I can't um, get stuck in this is the way I do it. Yeah, how, how valuable is that in theatre to be able to go back night after night and have another stab at it? Uh, it's, it's, that's one of the great kind of joys of theatre is that as you, each time you do it, you, you're refining, it's being refined, you're stripping away or you're, you're noticing something new. Uh, so by the time, you, certainly by the time I get to an, the end of a run, I feel in total possession of the piece then. But the whole way through, what, what is interesting about working on a theatre piece is that you start off with one in one spot and you invariably move through the, the, the soil of the performance time and you uh, end up in another spot with the character through all of the little hints and clues and moments that happen on stage. And, and the same thing is happening to the actors around you. So you you all kind of lift off in a different direction or in a better in um in a deeper direction yeah one of my favorite plays that you did was the approach by marco Rowe, and Ooh, yeah. can you tell me a little bit about working with him and working with kathy and dervla that was kind of um that was kind of an amazing experience because we were literally it was um 90 minutes of pure um, intense, fast dialogue, and we were not. We were sitting for all all of it, uh, so there was no. It was pure dialogue. There was so we, we were. Um, Mark, it was kind of really brilliant to work with him and Kathy and Durbla, because we all completely trusted each other at the start of the process, and Mark's um, Mark had written the piece. So he knew exactly what he wanted from us. And he stripped, he just kept stripping back the play to the bare bones. And his constant direction to us was to connect with each other, just connect, always just be, be, be trying to connect uh, without acting, you know, just listen, yeah. listening, listening and responding and listening and responding and the piece lifted off when we did that. Yeah, so that was oh, really it really did. Happy. It was beautiful. And one of the things I love about his writing is very natural, the dialogue in terms of sometimes someone will finish saying something and the next person doesn't really hear them. And then they'll pick up on the end of the last thing that they said, like a few beats later. And it's just so realistic and it, it draws you in, you know? Um, yeah, he's, he's a genius, you know, Mark, when it and, and particularly when it comes to dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the ultimate genius, William Shakespeare, you worked on King Lear um, on Broadway. Um, that I was did. your first Broadway experience, right? 
Yeah. And what was that like? I mean, that must have been incredible. It was incredible. Uh, and kind of what was really incredible about it was that, you know, it was just people in a room trying to put on a play and grapple with um, one of Shakespeare's great masterpieces, King Lear. Um, and I got to watch, you know, uh, kind of, I got to watch Glenda Jackson work and she's, I don't know what word I can use to describe her. She's an animal, Yeah. you know, in theory. She's an animal of an actress. It, she's someone I've always adored, you know, right from when I was young and I would have seen her, you know, on television and films and stuff and um, her just extraordinary presence and face. Yeah. She she was always, the, the, seemed the most exotic to me. I know, she is incredible. Of any of the actors, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. she is incredible. Um, she was, she was uh, yeah. And I want to know then, you know, in your life, living as an actor all these years, you know, how has interpreting these texts and playing these characters, how is it, has it changed your own life in any way? Or is it very separate from your personal life? That's a very interesting question. Uh, it, uh, it must have, yeah. but... Um, I guess I got, you know, I get an opportunity to imagine what it's like to be other types of people. And I get a, an opportunity to um, develop empathy for other people's predicaments. And so I feel very privileged to have had that kind of um, a life so far. I've, yeah, you know, you it's like asking, I guess it's like asking uh, a, a child what's it like to have famous parents, the child doesn't know any different. So right. I don't know any difference. Yeah, to the life I've lived, but sure. I, I would imagine if I really examined it, it has, um, it has maybe given me a unique uh, experience of I'm sure. living. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for a lot of people who go to the theatre, your work means a lot to them, you know, and they've tracked you throughout these years. Um, you know, I even went to see Hangman um, a few weeks ago and, you know, with my friend Valerie and her girlfriend and they were enthralled, you know, so it is very special tradition to be part of, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, I was kind of finally, I was wondering, is there anything that you haven't done that kind of comes to mind that you'd love to explore? Um, there are lots of things that um, I want to explore. And my mind is turning to them with great muscularity at the moment. So I'm very, uh, I'm very interested in what the next few years are going to bring. Great. And so am I. I'll be there to watch it. So listen, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Really appreciate it. And I hope we can, you know, catch a movie or go for coffee sometime soon.
Yeah, brilliant. And thanks for inviting me on. I really enjoyed it. You've made me think, uh, you've made me think in, a, in a more deep way about some uh, things. Great. Glad to hear it. All right, listen, have a lovely day. And I'll talk to you again. All right. So that was my chat with Ashley O'Sullivan. It was great to have her on the podcast and learn about such an accomplished actress. Uh, I really was privileged to have her on the show. This has been Press Play and Surrender. Thank you for listening and please consider subscribing wherever you find your podcasts.